Hey there, I'm Brian. And I'm David. And we are the Cloud Whisperers. couple of weeks? Man, I've been having fun at the Microsoft Technology Center with a customer. <laughs> oh, that's always fun. Yeah, always fun. Always the one fun. over in Houston? Yeah, in Houston, the Microsoft Technology Center. It was interesting because we were in a, one of the smaller conference rooms, mm-hmm. but they had one of the service hubs in there. It was real nice. Oh, I got to use that for the first I time. I love the Surface. That is, that is, if you've never used a Surface Hub, you don't understand how awesome a Surface Hub is. And once you have used a Surface Hub, yeah. every other conferencing and uh, solution and, and a digital whiteboard solution pales by comparison. Yeah, I, I actually you know, was hazed a little bit by the Microsoft guys. They gave me the sparkle, you know, the Crayola color whenever <laughs> I started writing them. 25 people from the customer were there. There were five Microsoft people there, and there were five uh, people from another partner there. So you know, I'm, I'm in front of everybody writing in Crayola. Oh, I love it. I'll tell you what I like most, though, about those Surface Hubs is the fact that I can go ahead and load my PowerPoint presentation natively and run PowerPoint directly on the whiteboard. And then I can even split screen the whiteboard and I can write on one portion while my PowerPoint yeah. is running on the I other. I watched them oh, do some of that. Oh, man. But I, it's really slick. Being I've, able to copy an image and put it up there and then write on top of it yep. within OneNote, it's oh, just yeah. spectacular. I mean, it's, it's pretty darn cool. Yeah. Well, I was at the MTC as well. Um, let's see. Uh, was it last week or week before last? I forget now. Um, where I was there for the uh, Houston SharePoint User Group meeting. Nice. And uh, got to give a presentation uh, on advanced data governance in Office 365. Specifically, because it's a SharePoint user group meeting, we were talking about um, labels and how to use them for retention and how to use them right. for um, tracking and things like that. So we had a, I had a good time. I had a, I had a great crowd. Uh, it, was a, it was a little intimidating because I had uh, most of the big wigs from Gimmel. Uh, oh, wow. there. So big records management company. Yeah. And I'm talking about, oh, look, Microsoft does records management. <laughs> so it was, it was they, they, they asked some great questions and they were very supportive. So we had a good time and, and yeah. everything like that. I, I love user group meetings. They are a real blast. So what's our topic for today? The topic for today is governance. Ooh, governance. Governance. GDPR and all these other things oh. coming a lot around the corner. The governance is top of mind for everyone. Compliance, but really more specifically, what is governance? And I'm really looking forward to hearing what you have to say because you've been doing this for a long time at Catapult on the oh, SharePoint God. side of things. Yeah, like 10 years. <laughs> it's, it's, I've been doing governance for a long time. I remember, um, quick story, uh, back in 2011, I was up in D.C. at the SharePoint Saturday at the conference. And um, uh, Jeremy Fake, who was with AffPoint at the time, was doing a video series about what does governance mean to you. Sure. And I told him, I said, my vision for governance is kind of like driving down a highway. Okay. I'm trying to get from one place to another, but I've got signs on the road that lets me know, am I on the right highway? Am I going the right direction? How many miles till I get where I'm going? Right. In addition, I've got the speed limit. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've got I've got a speed limit, right? I'm on I-10. I'm I'm going I-10 east, and I'm I'm 75 miles from Columbus, right? I also have lane markers that let me know yeah. stay in this lane. Stay in this lane. Don't go too far. And if I start to drift off 
Yeah. Right? I've got the rumble strip right. that lets me know, hey, you're about to go in the grass. Yeah. Okay? Do you and hear then, that San Antonio driver? Uh, he said, stay in the lanes. Stay in the lanes, yeah. And then eventually, depending on where you are, there'll often be, uh, you know, the concrete barriers, right, to keep you from going into oncoming traffic sure, or, or yeah. something like yeah. that. Those guardrails are designed to kind of get you back onto the road. And all of these things are designed to be increasingly heavier feedback. It's informational, right. it's guiding, it's a rumble strip, it's a wall, right? Yeah. So all of that together comes to this concept of what is governance. In the end, my definition of governance has always been, these are the rules that we as an organization agree upon of how we're going to utilize whatever it is we're using from a technology standpoint. So from an Office 365 standpoint, are we gonna use email? Are we going to use Skype for business? Are we going to use groups or Yammer or Teams or all three? Are we going to allow people to use their OneDrive for business? What are they allowed to store in different locations? Will we be doing retention policies? Um, are we allowed to store critical business information? What about sensitive client or proprietary information? Right. right. These are all questions about governance. Um, another, another good example of governance is if I want to maintain a list of customers, right, and their orders, is that something that I'm going to do in a couple of SharePoint lists, or is that something I'm going to do in CRM or in a SQL Server, right? Right. Yeah. Governance is about all of us agreeing right. on what are we going to do and what are we not going to do in a particular in a particular system. And I think it's important, you know, somebody like yourself that's been doing this for a long time to come in with an outside perspective and be able to ask those questions and guide that conversation, right? I mean, it's very imperative. That well, that... I'll tell you, I've used the same slide for 10 years now. I would right? doubt it, yeah. It boils down to a every governance discussion turns into a discussion of a, a scale or a gauge. On the one hand, and I have a great image of this kind of long-haired, tie-dye-wearing guy holding a peace sign, right? Right. That, that I call, you know, peace, love, and SharePoint, right? And it's this what they call the organic growth of SharePoint. In the old days with SharePoint, we would we would set it up and we let everybody have all the access they wanted. Right. Because we figured if we made you super powerful, we would encourage you to do whatever you wanted to inside of there. Kind of like Office 365 is by default now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, right? If everybody was a global admin in Office 365, this is what it would be like. We're balanced for productivity here. Exactly. Now, plus side is it's easy for people to solve their problems. Right. right? The downside to that is people are creating things all over the place. There's no rhyme or reason. There's there's no uh, coherent taxonomy. We don't right. know what's stored where. We're potentially putting things where we're not supposed to put them or even exposing data incorrectly. What has often happened is that uh, the admins, right, and the compliance officers and the security officers get very concerned about this, yeah. right? And so what they want to do is they want to lock everything down, which I always call the iron gauntlet of SharePoint. And I had this great image of it, this iron gauntlet of black, <laughs> black metal, yeah. right? And, and what was into, what that's true about that, the iron gauntlet is, you lock everything down. So we yeah. had a client one time as an example, they dictated that every site collection in SharePoint had uniform permissions, okay? And no one could change permissions except for the IT department. And so if you wanted to add somebody to it, you had to go to the IT department. And if you wanted to, you know, and you weren't allowed to break permissions anywhere, in the entire site collection, right? Right. If you wanted to have unique permissions, you had to have a brand new site collection. Yeah. 
the more I put control on those kinds of things, right, the, the more roadblocks I put in front of my end users, then the more likely they are to find another way to solve the problem. So with Peace, Love, and SharePoint, right, people are off doing their own thing, and it's sure. very easy for them, but I don't really have any control over that, and I don't like that. That's right. a bad thing. On the other end, I end up with shadow IT. People go sure. buy a box account. People go use Dropbox. People use Google Drive. And suddenly, I don't have the control that I thought I had right. over all my data. And the administrative overhead of that, too, is higher. So the funny thing is, and I tell this to every customer when I talk governance with them, is I tell them, look, we're going to talk about this level. I'm going to present the different la the different sides to you. You're going to pick where you want to be on that spectrum. Got it. That makes right? perfect sense. And so, so you're, you're finding the balance for exactly. each topic. Right. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to argue you away from your default choice, strenuously as I can. Wow. Interesting. Well, and there's I have to I need to challenge your perceptions. If you want to be open, 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 I'm going to say, well, what about this and what about this and what about this? Let's let's think about the downsides and make sure that you are aware of them and accept them. And on the other hand, if you're control, 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 I'm gonna say, well, what are you gonna do when people bypass this? Is it, is it really a successful implementation if nobody ever uses their OneDrive because they, it's, it's too difficult for them to put anything inside of it? So that's kind of what governance is. Okay. And it's critically important for every IT system, not just SharePoint, but all of Office 365. And I would say even Active Directory, uh, Dynamics, SQL Server, they all need to have a level of governance, but Office 365 is probably the one that really needs to have a coherent governance plan. And the last thing I'll say on this topic is that coherent governance plan requires input from three different groups of people. Okay. You need to have input from the business. Okay. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. Why? Because they're the ones that actually have to get their work done. That's and right. So they're going to have requirements that say, hey, I need to be able to share externally. You need to have input from IT because they're the ones that have to enforce it and right. monitor it. Okay. They got to keep the lights and power going. Yeah. Something leaks or whatever happens, IT they're is the responsible. Ones that get call, they're the ones that get called on the carpet. That's right. right? And so exactly. they need to make sure that they under, that they are giving the business what they need, but giving it to them in controlled manner. Right. And then the third thing that you need, and this, by the way, is where many governance efforts go astray, right, is you need to have executive support. Right. You need to have somebody at the C-level, and ideally you really want the CEO uh, implementing this, maybe the CIO if they have that kind of power in the organization, or CFO, who can actually enforce the governance policy. Right. Because the governance policy in an organization has to be enforceable if it's advisory and people break the governance policy, you've got nothing you can yeah. do to keep them in line. Well, culture plays a role in this Culture too. plays a huge part right, in this. Yeah. If your culture doesn't have that kind of enforcement mentality, then your chance of having a successfully implemented governance policy right. is actually going to go way down. Governance is a living, breathing experience. Okay? Right. It is not a document that you create and you follow for and 10 years yeah. and follow for 10 years and don't make any changes. You need to be reviewing it on a monthly basis. Yeah. You need to have a technology review on a quarterly basis. Is this working? Because new things are coming out all the time and you have to be uh, aware of what new technologies. So for example, Teams drops, right? Yeah. Are we going to use Teams? We've already committed to using Yammer, let's say, or Groups. Yeah. Oh, well, should we use Teams? Is it better? Is it worse? Are we going to turn it off? 
Are we going to allow people to pilot it? The, if you don't do those things, what will happen most likely is Microsoft will turn it on, people will start using it, and then you've got yourself into that organic growth and you've lost control of it. Lost control. Which yeah. you don't really want to be. Uh, yeah. Pulling people back from that organic causes a lot of resentment. Okay, so how do we monitor compliance with an Office 365? Well, there's a lot of tools that we can use to actually monitor compliance in Office 365. Uh, I think the first thing that we could talk about is the, the fact that one of the new features that we have in Office 365 is something called Advanced Data Governance Labels. Okay. They're very similar, by the way, to my retention labels. Okay. Right. They work very, very similarly, but they have different purposes. Okay. So one of the most awesome things about Office 365 is, is that Microsoft has started to realize that in the past, if I wanted to set up retention labels and retention policies, I could do that in SharePoint. And then I could apply those same ones to OneDrive because they're really SharePoint and OneDrive the same thing. If I wanted to do that in Exchange, I could yeah. do that as well. But I did it silos. in the Exchange. So in silos, exactly, yeah. they were siloed. What I can do now with advanced data governance and the, and the retention policies that we have is that I can actually create retention policies and labels that can apply to multiple locations inside of Office 365. So I could go out as an example and I could say, you know what, I want to, I want to set it up to where I'm going to keep documents for three years. Documents and emails, right? right? And, oh, by the way, I'm gonna throw Skype for business conversations in that. Uh, and I'm gonna throw Teams discussions, persistent chats in there as well, right? Yep. All of those kind of things I can keep for three years by simply creating a retention policy that says, once something is three years old, delete it. Yep. And then I can enforce that across everything in Office 365 once, right? There's a lot of things that I can do to make that more granular. I could say only Exchange, only Skype for Business, right. only you know, only SharePoint and OneDrive. I could even say exclude these users, only only apply this to certain users. So as an example, I could set it up to where all of my C-level employees, right, have a retention policy attached to all of their email and documents, right? right. Things that they modify and touch are automatically going to be retained for seven years for Sarbanes-Oxley. So even if they delete it, by the way, they'll delete it and it'll be quote unquote gone. Right. Um, so that's one tool that I can use. Now the, the advanced data governance labels are cool because they allow me to apply different rules in different locations on an ad hoc basis. So to use the example, if I tell everybody, you're allowed to keep your email for a year, I have a client that told me this, they want to set up email, all to be deleted after one year. But they then wanted to have a folder that kept emails forever. I remember you and I looked yeah. at this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we, one of the ways we did this, right, was we actually created one policy that said, hey, delete everything after a year, apply it only to email. Got it. Then we turned around and created another label that said, don't ever delete this. And we applied it to that folder in their inbox automatically. Okay. And when we did that, suddenly, they could either right mouse click and apply that yeah. policy anywhere, or they could just copy the files to their archive folder. And when they did that, the, the files would be kept for, until they manually deleted them. It would yeah. not be deleted by the system at that point in time. Yeah, and I think the less options that users have in these scenarios for governance, the better. 
So there's a, a slide that I often use that I got from Microsoft that says, you know, we when Microsoft thinks about security, there's two things they care about, right? And by the way, this applies to governance as well. Okay, it really applies to almost everything. Okay. The first thing they think about is users don't care about security, governance, metadata tagging, anything like that. They just right? want to get their work done. They just want to get their work done, yep. right? And the second one is users will click on anything, which yep. is very applicable, by the way, on the security side. Well, less so on the governance and, and, and data management side and things like that. But in the end, we've really got to focus on the fact that if we confuse our users and make it difficult for them to do their job, our ability to get compliance is going to go way down. Yeah. Okay. So there's, by the way, there's a lot of other things we can do. We can set up um, audit logs, right? So there's a great audit log feature inside of Office 365. Absolutely. That can be pulled out for third-party tools, yep. or we can send alerts. We can yep. send that to a provider. To a provider. Mm-hmm. We can also just go ahead and set up alerts to let us know, for example, hey, somebody created an anonymous link. So every time an anonymous link gets created, we may want to send an email to the compliance officer to let them know that it's happened. Yep. Anytime a document's accessed via an anonymous link, I'm sorry, we don't call them that anymore, we call them shareable links. Shareable links. links. Shareable right. links. Shareable links. Anytime a shareable link gets created or used, we could have an email get sent to a distribution list or to a notify people that this had happened, right? In that way, we could actually allow shareable links to be created, but we've got some control over what's actually happening exactly. that are created. So monitoring the usage and not only the usage, but how people are using it. Correct, yeah. and that and that sh- that gives us a few ideas of how we can monitor our governance policies that we created earlier. Okay, so now how do we enforce, and not just enforce, but how do we correct something that a user makes a mistake on whenever they're applying a label, or maybe they forget to set the label? Mm-hmm. Um, how can we do that with an Office 365? Yeah, that, that's a really great question because much like I said earlier, that a governance committee that can only advise has a lot lower rate of success than a governance committee that can actually enforce, right? So Makes sense. Once we've actually created our governance policy, right, and we, we can monitor it, that's great, but eventually somebody's going to stop looking at those emails. They're, right. they're going to they're, they're get busy. They're not going to notice it, right? So what we want to do is we want to use the tools that we have as part of Office 365 to go ahead and make sure these things get enforced. So the first one I'll mention is something that's called Data Loss Prevention or DLP. Now DLP's been around for a long time, but kind of like the retention labels, I used to have to configure it in SharePoint right. and in Exchange. Two different places. Now I configure it once, okay? And then what I can do is I can say, hey, if you see some sensitive information, oh, Patriot Act information, HIPAA information, bank account numbers, something like that, PII, right? Or you can actually create your own and upload them yourself if you want to as well, right? If I see some sensitive information and uh, some number of that is being sent outside my organization, for example, um, let's say that our client is a bank and people are sending loan information to them in the email because they're closing on a house, okay. right? And the uh, the attached document's got an address, it's got an account number, it's got their social security number, that kind of stuff. I'm probably gonna be encrypting that anyway, but let's just say, for example, that I don't. So I send them that PDF document, right? Well, DLP would look inside of there, notice that I've got PII and I've got account information, right? And what we can do at that point is have it pop up a tooltip that says, hello, Mr. User or Ms. User, you are sending sensitive information. Please be careful. Now, if Much like only, the mail tip, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's exactly like a mail tip. Now, if it's just one, 
We may say that's fine because we anticipate you in your role sending some information. Some sort of information. On the other hand, what if they're sending a spreadsheet that contains a thousand addresses and social security numbers? And yes. Yeah. Right? We don't want that to happen. And it could be an accident, too. It could it, be some it, accident. It could be, or it could be malicious. We've sure. seen both of those things happen. Um, in that situation, what I want to do is I want to say, hey, as that, you know, as, as that email is about to be sent or that document's about to be shared, right, DLP can see that and just like the tooltip I warned you before, be careful about saving this stuff. Yeah. Um, I can go ahead and actually block it from being sent because it has too much information. A lot of times the default is one to nine is fine, 10 and more, no more. Yeah, right? 10 and more, no more. 10, 10 and more, no more, one to nine is fine, right? Those numbers may not be right for your organization. You may wanna make it lower, you may wanna make it, you know, one is fine, two is not fine, right? This goes back to this whole thing of this takes time to figure out these policies yeah. so that you can, it's, they're easy to create and easy to implement, but they take a long time to actually plan for. And what's going to be effective, right? What is what's going to be effective yeah. for your organization. Right. So that's DLP. And oh, and by the way, the cool thing about DLP now is I can actually use those advanced data governance labels as part of my DLP policy. Right. That's right. So if I've got a DLP, if I've got an advanced data governance label that somebody has created saying this is a, this is an internal use only document, I can then block that from being sent outside the organization yeah. using DLP, which is really cool. No complicated regex syntax or anything like that. That's all really built it's, into that wizard. It's pretty straightforward and easy to do. Um, now there are third party tools that can do this as well. Okay. Right? And some of them provide additional features. That, that don't exist otherwise. As an example, uh, there's a tool that we use a lot called SPDocKit from Acceleratio. It's a very simple tool. We use to document farms when we build them. And it's great for telling us all of the settings in the farm. If you, are, if you buy it for your company, you can run it against your farm and it runs every day, constantly. Oh, wow. And what it will do is, it will first off, it will keep track of every change that's been made in your farm. And you can actually roll them back if you need to. Okay. So if somebody so goes that in out, itself is kind of governance. It, it, yeah. it is governance. That's right. You can also do things like say, you know what? I want to make sure that every document library has versioning turned on. And I want to make sure that we maintain 10 copies of every, 10 versions in every document library. Well, if somebody goes along and turns that off because they're a site collection owner, this thing, when it comes back in every day and it's doing its check, would turn those back on again. Oh, interesting. So it's kind of like enforcing GPS. So and that's something you have to buy. For it's something you have to buy, obviously. Okay. And there are other other tools out there like uh, Proofpoint, right? Which, right. which does we'll the same, which is similar kind of things. Um, and Ironport's another one uh, that are both email. They're doing things like uh, preventing malware and, and yeah. stopping viruses. But they also can do things like, as I go to send an email out, if I put confidential in the subject line, it will encrypt that email. That's and right, it can do encryption. Email. And it which, has some DLP capabilities it, too. It does yeah. have some DLP capabilities. And you know what? Those things may work better for your organization than what comes out of O365. Um, this is where you really have to take a look at what's on the table. The thing that I'll give Microsoft is, there's two things about them with, with almost all of these tools like this. The first one is, you probably already own a whole bunch of them and you don't even realize that you own them, which means they're cheaper than buying a third-party tool. Yeah. And a lot of times there are third-party tools that do amazing things that you don't actually need. Yeah. And, and if you don't actually need that feature, then maybe you should consider not buying a more, you know, that, that third-party tool. 
I'm not going to tell you you should or shouldn't buy anything. You need to always do what's best for your organization. But that's part of this whole governance policy. Yeah. You've got to have that conversation first. Well, you've got to understand what third-party tools make sense to yeah. help us regulate our entire environment. What do I have in Office 365? Will that do what I need it to? If it doesn't, then you know we need to look at third party. Exactly. Yep. And there are a few examples where right now Microsoft doesn't do enough. So, you know, one of the things we've talked about in the past is Azure Information Protection, right? EMS E5 level that can automatically encrypt documents for us when they find sensitive information, that can, that can allow labeling that's very easy to do inside of Office and things like that. Well, we have advanced data governance labels, and people often ask me, hey, there's metadata in SharePoint, there's advanced data governance labels, and there's AIP. Yeah. All three of these are labels. Are they the same? Are they different? Right. Yeah. And, and I get that a lot, too. Yeah. My response to that is, there, what's cool about this is, I kind of think of it like an onion. There's the document itself, that's the inner core of the, of, of the onion, right? And then wrapped around that will be SharePoint metadata if it's a SharePoint document. Right. That travels workload with the document, level, right. workload level. Up from that is my tenant level stuff, my O365, and that is my things like AIP, um, advanced, data uh, advanced data governance labels. Now, advanced data governance labels can appear like properties, metadata properties, but they're kind of not at the same time. And AIP and advanced data governance labels aren't the same thing today but Microsoft has said that they're moving to converge those things. Because right. like right now, I can use an advanced data governance label as part of a DLP policy, but one day I hope to be able to use AIP labels as part of a, of a DLP policy, or to use advanced data governance labels as part of an AIP labeling system. Right now we have to make those the same, so users don't Correct. get confused. So, yeah. right. And we're not there yet, but we will be, which is the other reason I say, look at the Microsoft stuff, because it's getting better every month. Yeah, right. Really that's, and that's why you've got to review your governance monthly, yeah. and every quarterly you need to have a, an in-depth technological review to, to see all of the things that are coming down the pipe or have already been released and how you want to use them as a company. So, yeah. so to, to kind of close things up, I, I want to ask a question, and I want to ask this of our listeners as well to see what they think about this. When I talk about Office 365, right? I tend to either call it Office 365, although I often slur that into Office 365. You say it real fast. Right? I say it really fast because I'm How a, fast can I say it? I am uh, I'm a very impatient individual <laughs> and I I uh, I have two much older brothers and so I speak very very quickly. I work hard to speak slowly when I'm talking in front of people. Or, I am so patient. Ask anybody. Oh, ask yeah. anybody. What I I will often say is I'll call it O365 instead of Office 365, right? But I have recently heard people calling it O365 or Office 365. And it really kind of threw me for a loop because I'm like, wait a minute, it's not 365, it's 365. Right. Which 365 say, day, days a right. year. It's because I use it every day, right? But not Office 365, it's Office 365. But I've increasingly heard people say O365, and I think it's because it cuts a syllable out. Okay. Now, how do you how do you say it? Well, I say Office three sixty five. Okay, yeah, that's your way of yeah, being. Yeah, I, I try and enunciate or whatever uh, properly. Office three sixty five. So I slow sure. myself down to where I can complete it all the way. <laughs> um, if I'm IMing or in Teams or doing anything like that, I'll shortcut it to O three sixty five. 
So and if I, I ever say 365, if I ever say, you know, the 365 part, I am saying 365. I'm not right. going 365. Well, and, and, and it's funny because this kind of reminds me of the whole SQL SQL debate from <laughs> yeah. 20 years ago. Right. Um, I was always an SQL person. I learned to I learned to program in TSQL, right? I, I worked in other types of SQL languages, and I always called it SQL because right? it's a structured query language, and it's SQL, it's the abbreviation. And people around me started calling it SQL, and I was like, "What?" I call it SQL heck? Server. Well, what the heck are you doing saying SQL? And they're like, "Well, it's two syllables instead of three, and it's easier to say SQL than SQL." And I'm like, "Okay, I get that." But why SQL? They're like, well, that's what it looks like. It looks like SQL, SQL. And I'm like, no, that would be school. School. <laughs> which is one syllable and he's even easier to say. So why is it not school server? Yeah. Right? Or school, school server. How come we're not saying school right, server? school server. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have a feeling because I was, I mean, I was adamant. I called it SQL server and TSQL and things like that, that it became SQL Server, and I right, can say that right. now myself, yeah. that I'm pretty sure that in the near future it's going to be 0365. Because I've heard Microsoft people calling it that. So even when they say like Microsoft, they say Microsoft, Microsoft 365? or Microsoft 365. Um, that's interesting. It, it I is, wonder why that's, why that's coming about. I, I, I think even, 365 even, days a year. Even I've also heard them say M365. Because they're talking about the M365 or the M365 right. licenses, that whole Win 10, EMS over right. 65 licenses. Spectacular right? to have those three together. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Uh, but I've heard Microsoft people calling it M365. M365. Wow. Interesting. And I'm like, <sighs> only time will tell. <laughs> well, you're probably right. And you know what? It's time for us to come to an end of another podcast. Absolutely. It's been great to, to meet with you again, Brian. Yeah, today. thank you. Thank uh, you for sharing all your knowledge on governance and all <laughs> well, that. I've been looking forward to having this conversation. Well, it's 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 always a pleasure. I'll tell you what, um, everybody, if you're listening and you've made it this long, thank you very much. Yes, uh, thank Please you. follow us at Cloud Whisperers on Twitter. Please subscribe to our, our uh, podcast. If you can tell us, do you call it O365 or O365? Yeah, we'd love to know. It would be awesome yeah, for you to actually know. post that uh, at our Twitter. Maybe, maybe I'll go out and create a poll. There you go. And post that. That would be a cool idea. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. All right. Thank you, David. Thank you. All right, bye-bye.